Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Harbour Hoops podcast. This is episode 56. I'm your host, Liam Horsley, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Jones. How are you doing, mate? Good afternoon. Yeah, very well. It's quite dreary out. I'm sat here with a nice warm cup of tea, and I've been looking at basketball for, like, two hours now, so life is good. Very good. We're here. Excited to, to hear that you've had a, a good week off work. Uh, and you lost our all-star predictions, which we'll talk about later. So that makes life yeah. even better for me. Love it. <laughs> Perfect. So plan for today's pod, we're going to do our usual winners and losers and best upcoming games segments at the start and the end of the show. In the middle, we're going to talk a little about, about, bit about the all-star starters that were revealed on Thursday night and then go through our reserves, Ben. How did you find the list? Did you find them easy to do for both or east harder than west or west harder than uh-huh. east? What, what, what were your thoughts? I think it... Like it breaks it down into the forwards and, and the and the guards, and I think I found like certain sections in each conference harder than than the other. Yeah. Some were straight. Obviously, we'll get into it. Some are more straightforward than the others. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was definitely tricky to get a full full squad. There's so many more that I want to include that, or like give a nod to, but um, just be done them for whatever reason. Yeah, we didn't prepare this, but quick question I had for you. A lot of people say that uh, they should increase the all-star uh, squad numbers to 15 or roster numbers to 15, like a real real team. I have an issue with this because every year I watch the all-star, there's always like two players for each team that play like two minutes. And I think it almost dulls the game down if you had 15 players and everyone was trying to play because you'd just be swapping in every few seconds. But a lot of people think they should have more players, even if some don't actually play. What are your thoughts? Are you quite happy with the, the number, which is 12 at the moment, or would you want to see it increased? I think the 12-man rotation is fine, especially now it's a bit more competitive. Like um, Those guys that are basically the starters, which you would imagine are the best players, are going to get even more playing time. So there's going to be even less minutes going around for um, those that are 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Um, and they're only going to be getting a couple of minutes as it is. So I, I don't want them to be picked and then to sort of... Not play. Not, not have their moment, really. It seems a bit of a shame. Um, and th- there's always injuries as well. Spots yeah. open up and people get slotted in wherever. So there's still chance yet that these players that might not get picked or whatever still get a chance to play in this year's. And if they don't, then they just got to keep working hard and do that little bit extra next season to, to make sure they are. Yeah, I completely agree. It's such a prestigious thing. I think it's much more prestigious than, than some other sports with their awards. I think that All-Stars are good thing for players' careers. Um, and maybe that injury thing you just said will be very important later when we talk about certain uh, reserve team, we'll have to see. Uh, but why don't we kick off the episode where we always start winners and losers. Uh, we'll start on a positive note as always. We'll go winners. Uh, and why don't you go first? Give us our first winner of the week. Nice. Okay. So um, my first winner of the week, uh, pod favourite team, the Portland Trailblazers. Nice. They are on a, a six-game winning streak at the moment which is um, it's quite incredible. Um, some of those teams they've beaten include... The Mavs. New Orleans, <laughs> the Mavs. Um, <laughs> who else have we got here? Yeah, Dallas, uh, Cleveland, obviously, easy win. Philly. Pelicans. Yeah, yep. Pelicans and Orlando. So there's some tough opposition sprinkled with some slightly easier opposition. Um They've just been playing really, really good basketball. And Damian Lillard looks really deadly when he's got the ball in his hands. He's averaging 29.8 points. Um, turnovers are like three turnovers a game, but 7.7 assists 
and uh, four rebounds, which is quite impressive as well, considering <laughs> he is a perimeter guard. Yeah, um, I find that number really impressive for him. So he's just been willing his team to win. He played 27 games a season, and his running mate in CJ has only played 13, although he's averaging great numbers. Um, he's not been there for a lot of the games this season, which is a real shame. But, um, you know, Mello's playing really well, and uh, Derek Jones Jr. sort of settled into his role there. And Cantor's filling in great minutes for Nurkic. So it, it seems to be sort of starting to click with this roster like we hoped it would at the beginning of the season, which is nice to see. Yeah, they sit fourth in the Western Conference, uh, 18 and 10 at the moment, six wins in a row, all without Nurkic, like you said, and, and uh, CJ. Uh, funny enough, their record, not not this is why, I think, nothing to do with it, but their record wasn't great. It was under 500 when they had Nurkic and CJ. Uh, so for them to now be fourth in the Western Conference, kind of ahead maybe of the, the top of the next pack, because you've got the top three teams in Jazz Lakes Clippers, and I think they'll probably be the top three teams in some order throughout the year now. Uh, but the Blazers really do lead that next pack, so it's very impressive with their team. Uh, and my guy Mello moving up the scoring ranks, hitting shots for days, Instagram posts for days, all-star votes for days. Perfect. <laughs> Love me some Mello. Um, cool. Even though they beat the Mavs, which was very disappointing. Uh, so, yeah, my first win of the week is maybe a, a team slightly even better than the Blazers. I've gone with the Nets from the Eastern Conference. Uh, they had a hell of a week this week, including that win against the Lakers. They've won five in a row, three this week. Like I said, big win against the Lakers without KD. All these wins in the last five have been without KD. Kyrie and Harden just look... Well, they look incredible, to be honest, right now. I know Kyrie Irving's called James Harden the point guard of the Nets and that he is the shooting guard, basically. Uh, and I think the fact that Kyrie's decided that, said that, and seems to be on board with it is only good for their offense. Uh, defense is still not great, but they're going to outscore most teams and they're going to try and add a buyout guy. And if nobody trades for Andre Drummond and they buy him out, there's no way he doesn't sign with the Nets for me. I think he'll, he'll go straight to Brooklyn uh, and then they'll be even better. So if I was a team in the East, I'd be trying to trade for Drummond just to make sure the Nets don't get him for free. But another impressive week when KD comes, I think they'll be even better. So yeah, the Nets are my first run of the week. Yeah, that'd be scary if, if Drummond ends up on that roster, sort of filling out that centre spot because it is their weakest point in in the team. Yeah. I agree with you as well. I love the fact that Kyrie and, and James have kind of swapped roles here. And we know Harden's a good passer from that season, was it about three seasons ago, where he was basically the only star on his team and he was sharing the ball so well. He was um, top assist getter that year in the whole league. So we know he's a good passer. Um, I th- and I think it works better because he's better on the perimeter than Kyrie is. Kyrie is a, a guard that likes to penetrate and get close to the rim. Um and Harden can pick him out when he's moving for the ball. Uh, so I, I think it's a really, really good combination. I would just like to see the three of them on the court together more often um, because, as we did with the Clippers last season, with their sort of big two or whatever, they, they're, they're starting five, barely played any time together, and it kind of came unstuck and showed a bit more in the playoffs. Um, and you hope you don't want to see that from the Nets. So, fingers crossed they get everybody healthy all at the same time and then get some minutes under their belts together. Yeah, you never know. We might see them on the same All-Star team uh, in a few weeks as well. We shall see. Um, Cool. Who is your second winner of the week? So, my second winner this week 
is the Washington Wizards. There's some positivity yeah. <laughs> coming out of Washington right now. There we go. Not often um, that happens from you. <laughs> no, exactly. They're on a three-game winning streak. Um, they have beaten Denver, which is quite a scalp. They've beaten Boston, quite a scalp. And Houston, a big rivalry game now with the the hmm. sort of swap of all-stars there. Um, Beal is obviously playing out of his mind still. Averaging 32.8 points, so almost 33 points a game with almost five assists and five rebounds to go with it. He's just been unreal. Um, Davis Bertans had a huge night the other night. I think he scored like 40, hit like seven threes or something ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, again, another team that kind of seems to be, you'd hope, or at least over the past three games, starting to find their feet and sort of figure out how they can work together and how this roster can work. Because they have been hit with a lot of injuries early in the season, players in and out with COVID regulations and um, Westbrook trying to be someone he's not, as he always does. And I feel like they have started to settle into a bit of a rhythm now, which is really, really good to see because you want to see players like Beal on a winning team, really. Um, because otherwise it gets a bit boring. I think, and I think it will be for him. So it's, it's nice to see them being competitive again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and th- like I said, the Eastern Conference is so muddled up that a couple more winning streaks like this throughout the season, they could easily land themselves in that sort of 10th position. And as we've drummed on about quite a few times on the show, that 7-10 to 10 with the play-in tournament, yeah, they may finish 10th with a terrible record, but they're going to get a chance to get into the playoffs with that. Um, and I think when you've got Bradley Beal still at the moment and it doesn't look like they're going to trade him, he's not asking to be traded. Uh, and Westbrook, I think that you could go into a playing game against certain teams, maybe even a team like the Knicks, uh, and you'd probably fancy the Wizards. So I just think that they need to keep this going, keep the streaks up, try and improve that defence as much as they can throughout the season. Because they're still scoring a lot of points, but it's got to watch that defence. And I think that they could finish maybe a bit higher than we thought. Even if they finish 10th with a terrible record, like I said, they got a chance at the playoffs and that's a lot better than what it was looking like probably two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. All right, well, my next one is then another Eastern Conference team that have made a little bit of a playoff run. I've gone with the Toronto Raptors. Um, three wins in a row this week. They're back into the top six. I think they are six in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and one thing that kind of from watching two of their games this week that jumped out to me is they look a lot better defensively. Um, they look a lot more locked in, a lot, a lot more like the teams of probably the last two seasons on the defensive end. Um, so they've beaten the Timberwolves yesterday, which is not a big win really at all. But they beat the Bucks twice this week, uh, and they beat the Celtics uh, and the Grizzlies the week before. So they've had two marquee wins in the last two weeks, and I just think that they're improving a lot and uh, and climbing the, the rankings. And they'd be very happy with being sixth in the East after being, I think, they were third worst record for the first month of the season. So good week for Toronto. Yeah, really, really good. It's it, it's nice to see them. Um, climbing up the rankings slowly. We always knew it was there, and it's it's working for them at the moment. That's a great win, especially over the Bucks. Twice, um, yeah. Yeah, I always say that um, Pascal Siakam is Giannis light, and uh, maybe he's Giannis full fat now. Who knows? <laughs> Big statement. I have to tweet that out. Um, and also going back to the playing tournament. I know it's still early, but they are sixth at the moment. And we said earlier in the season that you just want to finish sixth. 
definitely if you're in the Eastern Conference because you don't want to have to win a playing game. You want to get those extra few days rest before you go in and play a well, they'd probably be playing the Bucks at the moment, but they'll probably play the Sixers, Nets, or Bucks, one of the three teams in that first round of the playoffs if you finish sixth. So I think that's so much better off than finishing seventh and having to go through two playing games potentially before you play those sides. So for me, Toronto getting back into the top six is, is pretty huge for them. Yeah, it's really, really good to see um, from a talented roster and, and talented coach. Um, so, yeah, really, really good. Cool. Uh, so who's your, your last winner of the week then? Our last winner of the week are the Orlando Magic, another team that we kind of don't talk about that regularly. Um, they've had a bit of a mixed season. Injuries has really, really scuppered them this season, which is a shame because uh, they were looking really good to start with. They started the season on like a four-game winning streak. We're looking really hot, and then it all went a bit downhill. But they've beaten the Knicks, and um, their most impressive win came recently this week over the Golden State Warriors. Uh, it was a really, really close finish. 124-120 uh, it finished. And some amazing defence uh, in front of Steph Curry at the end of the game there by Michael Carter-Williams and Vucevic. Um, Steph and Draymond trying to pull every trick out of the bag to get a good shot off. They finally do, but the defence is, is too good at that point. And... Uh, yeah, it's really, really good to see them fighting for this win. They, they've got some good players on this roster. I, I still think it is a little bit of a mess and as a whole and a bit muddled. I think they need to kind of streamline it a bit and, and find some more talent somewhere. But um, as a core, like it's a good good group of players. Like they're, they're all... You, you could pick sort of seven or eight of these players and be happy to have them on your team, which I don't think you could say for a lot of even sort of the the top ranking teams, especially in the East at the moment. Some teams have their like two or three good players and the rest of them you're like, I'm not completely sold on them. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's nice to see the Magic getting a couple of wins under their belt. Yeah, I agree. They've, they've been hit by injuries so much this season, uh, almost like season ender after season ender or two month injury after two month injury. And it's just, it's really dented their progress. For me, I just think they need to start again. I think they should trade Aaron Gordon and Vujicic and just try and rebuild uh, as quick as they possibly can. I know the injuries are the reason why they're as low as they are, but still they would only be a 7, 8, 9, 10 seed and they would just probably get a first-round loss again. Whereas yeah. now they're already quite low. They've got their own first-round pick for next year. I just think they should they should try and, and finish as low as possible and not necessarily deliberately lose games, but just by trading the, a couple of their best players in, in Vucic and probably Gordon, get a couple more picks, blood a couple more of the youngsters and, and just see where the record goes. But it's nice to see them actually win a couple of games with these backup players and, and get back in the win column uh, this week. They've done that as well with Aaron Gordon being injured the past couple of games. So um, it's even better, really, because he is a, a massive part of that team, especially offensively. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cool. All right, well, I've gone to my last one of the week then. So this is a, a Western Conference team, a team that we've done a podcast on earlier in the week. So I've gone with the Utah Jazz again. Uh, they did lose last night, but some of their stats were unbelievable. But also, I'd just like to tell everyone, go check out our last podcast with Jordan Foote again, because uh, he's a jazz expert, and, and some of the stuff he was dropping was, was really good. It was a really good listen for, for any jazz fans. But overall, it's three wins this week and one loss. 21 wins out of their last 22 games. Oh, no, 23 games, sorry. 
And they've also won their last 23 games against the spread. So Vegas hang, hangs a number on like Jazz minus six. And it's very difficult to, to finish above 60% on that. But they've actually won their last 21 games before last night against the spread. So they've won by more points than what Vegas said they should win by. So wow. overall, that is just unheard of. They're killing it. Um, and I know they did lose one of their games, but they did beat the Clippers once this week, uh, which we'll talk about later in our uh, prediction segment. But I just think that one more time, we don't know how they're going to go, but I wanted to mention them again on this week's podcast. We've featured them a lot in the last couple of weeks, but... The record is just unheard of, and they're just playing so much better than most people thought. Uh, and maybe they'll have a couple of all-stars later on the list. We shall see. Um, but yeah, another good week for the Jazz, top of the West still. And I just had to give them a quick shout-out uh, just to say well done again. They keep rolling, don't they? And it's it's so good to see. You kind of almost can't see it dropping off at this point in time, and I kind of hope it doesn't. I'd, I'd quite like to see them keep going from strength to strength this season and, and see, where it, see where it gets them. Yeah, definitely. They, they've created such a gap now between them and like the fourth team that you you just know there'll be a home court advantage team in the first round of the playoffs for sure because they'd have to go on a hell of a losing streak and without injuries they're just too sound uh, defensively and scheme wise to do that so I think it's going to be a, a very good season for the Jazz uh, at least in the regular season um, but cool let's move on to some teams not having a very good regular season at the moment let's go on to some losers I'll kick us off because I've gone a bit generic with a couple of mine so uh, my first one is the Rockets. Uh, we called them out last couple of weeks, seven losses in a row. And they've had games cancelled now as well due to weather issues, which doesn't help when they're trying to get back in the win column and, and they almost get delayed by playing some of their games. So I just think for, as a franchise, they must be really frustrated right now. Uh, and overall, I've just seen them a little, bit, a little bit in free fall. And similar to the Magic, I, I kind of wanted to point out that I think that they're in trade time now. I think they should be trying to trade PJ Tucker, trying to trade Gordon, which is, is a lot harder. <laughs> than you may think, yeah. maybe trade Daniel House as well uh, and just try and kind of reboot for the future, except where they are now. They've got a lot of picks going on in the future and, and you kind of just move on. I think that's what the Rockets would be best doing. Um, I just can't see this slump ending, even if they get a win or two. I think overall they're still going to lose a lot of games this season uh, and I couldn't really not talk about them, even though they've had a couple of games cancelled this week. I, I just think overall that they're still struggling as a franchise. They've, re- they've really, really missed Christian Wood. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. a massive part of that team. I don't know if he is back at the moment. I'm not sure what his, his status is in terms of his injury and stuff. Um, yeah, they're hoping he could be back next week. Um, but like I said, the, the weather issues, we're not sure when they're going to when yeah. they're gonna play, play their next game. Uh, I think they're scheduled to play Monday night, I believe. I think it's Monday night. Um, but I think that one's on the, on the road, maybe. So that one, that one might, be, might be good to go ahead. Uh, and they've got the, the Bulls and Cavs in the next two games. They're hoping to get a win there and hopefully Christian Wood can come back for them. Yeah, there's been nice games for them to come back for. And it's other facts as well, like Oladipo's been in and out of the lineup as well, hasn't he? And yeah. They've not had that consistency that I think they were hoping for. Because um, it looked really good for a, for a spot there when they did have everybody together working well. Um, so, yeah, you'd hope they kind of get back to that point sometime soon yeah their last win was on the 31st of january uh and if they don't win until the Cavs game which is the 25th of february it's nearly a whole month so wow. uh, that's just a, a tough time for a fan base so yeah the rockets were my, were my first loser of the week um cool who is your first loser of the week um i've gone with the milwaukee bucks cream city um, Pascal Siakam light you mean yeah like cream um 
until recently when they got a win over OKC, they were on a five-game slide. Um, these teams were Phoenix, um, Utah, OKC. Raptors uh, twice. And the Raptors twice. Like These, these are teams you'd expect them to, to really be beaten. And some of the score lines were, there's quite a gap. The game against Utah, 129-115. Um, and even with the Raptors, 110-96. to It's just, big. it's too big a gap. So they've really missed Drew Holiday. And it's surprising how much of a sort of huge impact he's had on this roster this season. When you think he only got traded at the beginning of the season, he is just like their heart and soul, it seems, at the moment. Because, um, you know, Giannis hasn't been playing badly. He's been playing great. Um, Middleton's been a bit quiet this season. But, I mean, you've always maintained he's a third man rather than a second man. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like Drew Holiday is the second man they need on that roster. Um, they are really, really missing him. So, hopefully, he gets back soon and they can find a bit more... Um, to know a bit more traction to get a couple more wins back under the belt because they could easily find themselves slipping down this Eastern Conference rankings and end up in that sort of fifth spot and have a really sort of tough first round. Yeah, definitely. And I think with the All-Star break coming up as well, you don't want to be going into that into to awful form. I just think it can linger a little bit. So they'll be wanting to, to snap that around as soon as possible. And in terms of rankings, like you said, they're third at the moment, but they've really dragged themselves back towards the middle of the pack now. Um, they're only a couple of wins, really, ahead of sixth place, which is now the Raptors, like we said earlier. So, yeah, not 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 good. I know that the injury is part of that, but their defence, they're giving up a lot of points, like you said about that Raptors game that they lost then, but they, they lost the other Raptors game and conceded 124 points. So I think their defence needs to be a bit more be a bit more held accountable for how they're playing. They're not going to score as many points that holiday, but I think the defence at least stand up and maybe Giannis could be the one to, to lead that change going forward. Um, they've yeah, got a big week as well, actually, with games this week because yeah, they've got the Kings, Timberwolves and Pelicans, so they're three games that they should be winning. But They should be, if yeah. The, yeah, if the record slides and, and if they only win one of them, for example, uh, or even two of them, some of their fans might be thinking, oh, wow, that's a bit of a disappointment. So I think that they need to try and win all three games and get back on track. It's mad to think as well that um, Giannis has gone from sort of defensive player of the year to having one of the worst defensive regular season teams, especially as the Bucks historically in the past couple of years have been one of the best regular season teams in the league consistently year in, year out. And this year, it's really taken a step backwards. And if Bud is now not having that success over the regular season and is still going to struggle in the playoffs, he has got to be gone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, you can't be having that with your Giannis or else you can waste the prime of star players' careers, which is yeah. it's not good for a franchise, especially as one, not a sm- I don't want to say the word small, but small market franchise like they are. I think it's, it's harder. You don't want to be wasting any years on, on that huge Giannis contract. No. Um, cool. I'll go on to my second uh, loser of the week then. I've got this is another familiar face. Um, I was going to try to choose another team, but Ben already picked them. Maybe he'll, he'll do that next. But <laughs> So I went with, I went with the Timberwolves. Uh, three losses this week. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail because they've been in a loser of a week, I think, for f- five podcasts in a row now. So 
I wrote the words, they still look awful. Uh, and I just want to reiterate the draft lottery could actually cause a problem because their pick is only top three protected, even if they finish with the worst record, which it looks like they may finish with the worst record. Worst record. They're only guaranteed a top five pick. So if it's number four, the Warriors still do get it. Um, and I know if it's one, two, three, then great. It's worked because this draft is great. But I think there's still a little bit of a risk there. And the way the Pistons are playing at the moment and the fact they want to trade Blake Griffin, I think that the Pistons could easily finish with the worst record in the league. So the Timberwolves are kind of caught in the middle of nowhere. Awful coach, awful team. And I just feel sorry for their fans. But I didn't want to add too much more than that because we spoke about them so much recently. Yeah, uh, apart from Anthony Edwards, Really pushing his case to, to be rookie of the year and dunking over everything. Uh, there's not <laughs> that dunk is insane, there, is by the way. That dunk yeah. is insane. He, he has actually, yeah, he has actually increased his uh, chances of rookie of the year. I think he's into third favorite quite comfortably now. Um, so maybe we'll have a little bit of a race. That could be an interesting storyline for them. Uh, maybe he'll even try and enter the dunk, dunk contest in a couple of weeks. We'll see. That that'd be interesting. Yes, I I'd like to see that actually. So would I. Uh, cool. All right. Who are your, your second loser of the week then? I think yeah, I know. Another regular team. Yeah. Um, great for me long term, but bad for them at current. The Cavs, uh, nine game losing streak. They are not having a luck on this run with in terms of opposition. They've got a couple of nicer games coming up where you'd hope they're going to pick up at least one win. But over their last the last nine games, they had the Clippers, Milwaukee twice, uh, Phoenix, Denver, Portland, <laughs> Clippers again, Golden State, and then Denver again. Those are all tough teams, and teams that rightly should be beating the Cavs. Um, and Schedule gods have not, not been on your favour there, have they? No. Uh, their next game's OKC. You... you that would be, a, you'd hope, more competitive. And then Atlanta, who play no defence, so maybe you can kind of try and outscore them, especially if uh, the, the shooting's not going down for, for the Hawks. But um, the other reason they're in my losers of the week is all the bad press they're getting with what they've done with Andre Drummond, um, forcing him to sit to make sure his trade value stays high and he doesn't get injured. Um, and, I mean... what. Just quickly, what's your view on all of it? Um, good question. Uh, I kind of agree what Draymond Green was saying in general. Obviously, I love Draymond Green, so I'm, I'm going to agree with him more often than not. But he was talking about the league as a whole, that they don't treat the players in the same way they treat the team. But they don't treat the team the same way they treat the players. So people can ask for trades, uh, kind of get slagged off in the media. They can try and force a trade because the team won't trade them like James Harden did and get slagged off in the media like we do. But no one seems to slag the teams off quite as much. So I do understand that. Um, with the Blake Griffin thing, I think he wanted to sit, which makes sense. But Andre Drummond said that he wants to play. Um, so it's difficult. I, difficult. I, I really struggle with it because we know that the Cavs basically want to lose games. Uh, and as a... As an NBA fan, we've seen so many teams sit players towards the end of the year to lose games, and it doesn't really matter then. But now they want to trade him, it's a bit of an issue. So it's a tough one. Uh, it's a real, real tough one. I just think it, I feel sorry for both parties, to be honest. I'm not sure who's right and who's wrong. But I think in general, for maybe not this circumstance, but in general, I think teams need to be held accountable more because they do have the monopoly over players, and I don't think they're looked at as harshly as maybe they should be. Yeah, I think it needs to be looked into, definitely. Um I understand why they're doing it and equally understand why the players 
are frustrated at why that uh, they do it and it, they have that done to them. So it is being between a rock and a hard place, but it's uh, definitely needs to be looked at and there needs to be more cooperation between the franchise and the player. Because even if they took him down to just limited minutes, you know, for Andre Drummond, maybe he's going for defensive player of the year or something and him being sat now, being forced to sit, is really going to harm that. Yeah. Um, and that's got to be taken into account. You've got to, There's got to be some sort of cooperation between the player and the franchise. Maybe they can work out that he just drops his minutes to 10 minutes a night or something. Um, yeah, somebody needs to definitely... I, th- I think the players' union will get something together over the next couple of months and take it to the league and, and get something put in place because they seem really on the ball with that kind of stuff and, and really wanting to work together and represent the players really well, I think. So I think this issue will be sort of resolved to a point very soon. Just quickly, do you think he will be traded? Or do you sit in the same camp as me that I think he gets paid too much and it'll end up being a uh, release? Yeah, I think it'll have to end up being a buyout unless they get what they gave for him. Like, a, as everybody keeps saying, a bag of beans. They didn't give too much away to get him. Um, and they'd probably expect the same in return because he is on a big contract. He contributes in so many ways to a team, but it's not... He doesn't do it in like a sexy way. Like he's old school. He gets rebounds. He gets tip-ins. He he has the stats, and it, it does help your team. But it's not going to make highlights, and it's not going to make big bucks. Um, and I think that does put quite a few teams off trading for him. Um, I think if you are Andre Drummond, like we've both rightly said, you're probably hoping for a buyout. And then go and join his team for whatever money you want, even if it's just for you sign for a, a season a minimum, two year contract with an option or whatever you want to go for. Um, he's only 27, I think, so he's still got plenty more years to make a bit of moolah. Yeah, he'd be a free agent in the summer. I think wherever he goes will be just to try and win a ring. Um, yeah. Celtics, Nets, Lakers, Clippers, sort of teams that have been mentioned. So we shall see. Um, Cool. Well, my last loser of the week then is a little bit of a uh, off the cuff one, really, because they have they have won a game this week. But I've gone with the Boston Celtics uh, just because I was listening to a podcast and I texted Ben afterwards. Actually, they, at that, that time it was five wins in the last fifteen games, and uh, now it's six wins in the last seventeen games for them. So I know that's not necessarily all revolved around this week, but I think it highlights a problem of inconsistency. Uh, and even this week. They've had they've had a big win against the, the the Hawks, but they then also lost to the Hawks and they've lost to the Wizards. So that they and they beat the Nuggets. So again, that's two wins, two losses this week. But it's very up and down. And sometimes they're losing to teams they should beat, uh, and they're beating teams they should should probably lose to in terms of record. So I just think they need to find some consistency. And I mentioned on a previous podcast with with Jordan that I think that they're a prime trade candidate for Vujicic from the Magic. Uh, I think that could help them. I listened to another podcast yesterday that was saying they should wait till next summer and trade for Bradley Beal rather than give up assets for an okay player like Vucic and wait, which I, I do agree with, but it just wouldn't shock me if Danny Ainge pulled the trigger on a trade like that at the moment because he said in the media the team's just not good enough to, to win a title at the moment and, and their record and inconsistency shows that. So I'm a bit worried about the Celtics and it wouldn't shock me if we saw a big trade in the next probably 10 to, to 14 days for them. 
Yeah, it, it'd be an interesting one. It'd definitely shake the league up. In terms of them maybe hunting for Beal, is that in a, in a trade situation, um, it, they'd have to give up Brown or Tatum if that is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You just saw what the Harden trade was. That was for, for hardly any good players. It was just loads of picks. And the Celtics have got all their picks. If that's the, the case, and you've got um, Walker, Smart, Brown, Tate, and Beal. Yeah, you'd probably have to give up Smart, I imagine, with the contract. Smart, Tice, oh. and Tristan Thompson probably are ones that have to go um, contract-wise. Uh, that Ken Walker deal is just awful. I'd be trying to trade him, but the problem is you'd probably have to... I don't know what you get back at this stage, so it's tricky. It's tricky to do. I wonder if they would try and involve him in a Vujicic deal or not, just to try and leave even more money. Uh, but they've got this $25 million trade exception, so they can almost take any player they want at the moment just for just for picks because they've got that huge exception. So right. I, I think they're so flexible in what they can do, but they've got to do it soon or they've got to decide not to do it soon and they're not a true contender for this year and just wait. You know, they need to make a decision like, right, we're not going to lose any more assets just to, to, to get one more round in the playoffs. You know, we're going to wait, wait for the summer, go all in for Bradley Beard or all in for whoever rather than make a small move. Or if they think, right, we are actually two moves away this year, Let's trade Kemba. Let's trade for Vujicic, and we'll give it a go. I think they need to real, really decide where they want to be as a team. Yeah, do you think Vujicic helps them? Because I know you like him. Yeah, I, I would think he'd help them. I, I thought um, Thompson would have more impact than he has done because he is a really good centre, especially for what they kind of need him for, which is rebounding and little tip-ins here and there. I wonder if they'll use. Vucevic in the right way if if they're not getting that performance out of Thompson are they going to get it out of Vucevic I I don't know maybe it's just the the way they play and the style they play that someone more like Daniel Tice who that's the kind of centre they're looking for someone quite mobile that just sort of gets about and does the small things inside rather than someone like Vucevic who's looking for 20 and 10 a night uh, I think he he would definitely help, but it, it would be he he as a player would be taking a massive hit in terms of his production and performance. I think and it's whether he wants to buy into that or not. I don't know. You'd have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, cool. All right, then why don't we go on to your last loser of the week, and then we'll talk some all stars. Yeah, nice. Again, it's a team we've mentioned a couple of times in this section, which is really. Sad to say, but um, so we won't dwell on them. But the Sacramento Kings, although they're getting a really good rookie season out of um, Halliburton, and they've got De'Aaron Fox, and and he's having a great season again. It's just not working for them as a team. They're on what, a five-game losing streak at the moment. Yeah, uh, some of them really winnable games, and. It's those kind of games they really need to be putting their mark down and coming away with these wins. Like with, uh, they played Memphis. That, that, that That's a team that they really need to be beating at this point in time if they want to be kicking on. Um, so I can't see them getting out of this hole. Buddy Heald is a great player, but he is a bit up and down for them. But there's been so much talk about him being traded because he doesn't really want to be there. I, I, they they need to make some moves and make some changes in the near future. I 
but I don't know what they've got to offer that could bring in someone that's going to change their franchise for the better going forward in the immediate future. So I'm a bit worried about the Kings. Well, I think they, they need to try and trade Harrison Barnes for sure. Yeah. Um, and fire Luke Walton, very similar to the Timberwolves. The, the coach is just not right there. Uh, and they need to make a decision if they want to tank, keep the coach and almost lose games. Or if they really do want to try and get into the tenth or ninth spot, just to have a play-in chance, which I think for a team like the Kings to get into a playing game, you could have like, to have a go with a player like Fox on on the court. You never know what could happen in a, in a playing game, um, but they need to work out whether that's their aim or not. But yeah, I think I think firing Luke Walton and then trading Harrison Barnes would would be a start. But another team that are stuck in limbo a little bit. Um, cool. All right. Well, like we said, let's move on to some all stars. Uh, Thursday night, the starters were. Were revealed, Ben. Uh, I got Ooh. ten out of ten, uh, so I have to mention that I got ten out of ten right. Uh, I've probably told you that three or four times now, just to, to rub that <laughs> in a little bit. Um, so we have LeBron as captain from the West. We have Kevin Durant as captain from the East. Uh, the rest of the West team were uh, Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Mister Luka Doncic, of course, way better than Dame Lillard. Don't know what anyone's talking about. Steph Curry as the other guard. Uh, then in the East we had. Like I said, Durant was the captain. The rest of the front court was made up of uh, Embiid and Giannis. And the back court was Bradley Beal, as we both predicted. Uh, and then it was Kyrie Irving who, who got the other vote. So that's just starters. Just quick thoughts on that. Anything truly shocking or, or not really? No. If, in all honesty, it's the exact way you think it's going to go. In terms of fan popularity and the way that they are contributing to their teams on the court, those were going to be the starting fives, in my opinion. Although I, I would have preferred to see Brown in there over Irving just because of what he's doing this season. And uh, Mitchell, again, for what he's doing for his team. But realistically, they weren't going to get the fan votes because of you know Irving's name and uh, Doncic's name and what they are both. They're both still incredible players and they're contributing massively to their team. So... Yeah, it's about it's it's a it's right, isn't it? Yeah, well, a lot of people make a lot about um, like stuff like Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brown, but the, their numbers are great for those players, but they're still worse numbers than yeah. like Lucas. Lucas having career numbers again this year in every category apart from one. So, uh, and Kyrie Irving is having career numbers in three of the five major categories. So it's tough, really tough. Uh, after our podcast, I did actually message you and say I almost changed my mind and I wanted to start Harden. Uh, over Kyrie, that's probably where I thought it was actually going to go in the end. When you look at the fan votes, Kyrie had already won there, so it's going to be very difficult. Uh, and the media still like Kyrie, so so that was your your All Star starters. The plan now we're going to pick our All Star reserves, so it's seven for each conference. The way they do it is two guards, three forwards, and then two wild cards. We can pick whatever you want. So me and Ben have kind of followed that structure as well. Uh, and then what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the draft whenever it happens between the two the two teams between Kevin Durant and LeBron. Uh, and we're also going to probably do a redraft, Ben, I think, and see where, where our team would go if we were them. Seeing as you love LeBron, I love Durant, we'll, we'll do that in a, in a couple of episodes' time, I think. Yeah, seems right. I like that. Cool. Well, let's kick it off with the East then. Or we'll start with the East. Um, why don't you go first? Um, however you want to do it, whether you want to do your, your locks or if you want to start with your guards or start with your forwards, however you want to do it, you go yeah. with, 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 your, with your reserves. So I'll, I'll give you my first player he's a guard and it was obvious because I had him in my slight and five in my prediction but Jalen Brown definitely deserves a spot for me he 
the wins that Boston have accumulated are because of him and not because of Tatum this year, I believe. He's been the better of the two players. They're both incredible players. But at this point last season, I was giving it to Tatum over Brown. But I feel like yeah. it switched this year. Um, so that was my first guard. Do you want to go player by player? Or should I just do my ones and then go to yours? Well, ones we agree on. Uh, I'll just say if we agree and then we'll see what we're different on. So, yeah, I had the same. Brown was my first guard that I had written down. Completely agree with you. Great season. Um, offense and defense, unlike a lot of the All-Stars, to be honest, across the league. It is yep. a very offensive league. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Who's your, right. your next guard? So, uh, again, I think we're going to match up on this. It's Harden. No doubt there. He's Although he had a slow start to this year because he wanted to get out of Houston and everything that was going on, yep. um, he's moved to Brooklyn and he has gone in with a really good attitude. He's just said to the management, look, I'm here to do whatever it takes to win. If that means I play the point guard, and he's spoken to Kyrie, and Kyrie said, yeah, you play the point guard, get the assists, hit the three-pointers, I'll do the scoring inside. And it works. It's working so far. And I think it's going to continue to as long as they all buy in and have this attitude. He's been playing fantastically this year. So James Harden is my second guard. Yeah, he's also on my guard, uh, second guard. Um, he's averaging 25, I think it's nearly 25 points a game this year, uh, and 11 assists. So, yeah, he's, he's playing like a, a true point guard, and his defence looks at least good, average to good, which is a lot more than some All-Stars and a lot more than he was when he was an All-Star with the Rockets. So, yeah, same there. Um, do you want to go forwards next? Yeah. So, I think, like I was saying earlier, the forwards is what, where I found it more difficult than the guards in the Eastern Conference. And the first guard I've gone for is Julius Randall from the New York Knicks. Mm, He's okay. uh, quietly been having a really, really good season for them. Again, probably the main reason they've got the wins that they've got at all and have sort of been outperforming where certainly I predicted they'd be. But where majority of people think they would be this season, yeah, um, and I feel like he deserves a bit of a nod. So he's been averaging um, twenty three point two points, ten point nine rebounds, and five assists a game. Um, and I know there's not a massive amount of star power on this team, but he has played really consistently, really well, and with those numbers. And the amount of times he sort of come up in the clutch as well, especially for the next this season, uh, I think he deserved a little nod this year. Nice. Um, I didn't have him in my forwards, but I did have him as as my last wild card. So we we have matched up in a sense. He's he's one of my reserves as well. Uh, I completely agree with everything you said. You have to. You don't want to look too much because it is earlier in the season at standings, but there is a part to play in that. Uh, and when it's a team like the Knicks, huge huge kind of following, huge love across the league. Uh, struggled for years. Now they're actually in a playoff position. I know it's early, but this is when the voting is, so we we have to look at it. Uh, and he's the reason they're there in terms of scoring. He's doing better on defense. He's playing more efficiently. So yeah, he he was in my my wild card selections, but it doesn't really matter. He's still in my team. So yeah, we've matched up there. Who's your next forward? My next forward is from the Miami Heat, and it is Bam Adebayo. Kelly Olynyk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just in there to dislocate someone else's arm. <laughs> yeah, um, Bam Adebayo 
has been one of the rocks of the Miami Heat this season who have had players in and out of the lineups all over the place. Um, and him and Duncan Robinson in particular have been the sort of the two consistencies. Um, and Bam Adebayo has been playing brilliantly, although his numbers may be sort of offensively, I think, are below par. Defensively, he is so, so good. He moves so well as a big man, and he's so athletic. Um, and he's had some really, really big performances here and there. I think he'd be doing better than he is now if his team had been consistent this season. Um, 19.8 points a game. Uh, almost... It's really high, that is, though. You know, that 19.8 yeah. games for him. Like, I know... Maybe his numbers are lower than some other All-Stars, but for his own season, compared to last year, he's up on, on rebounds, up on assists, up on points, yeah. which is good. Yeah, yeah. so almost a steal, a, a block, just under 10 rebounds. And what's quite impressive as well is five and a half assists. So um, mm. Bam Adebayo is definitely in there for me this year. Yeah, we matched up as well on this one. Um, so I had him as my... Uh, my second forward, I kind of, I did try and rank them a little bit, you know, just yeah. so I so had a little picture. He was, he was my second forward, so same as your second forward. Um, not much more to add. I think defense does matter to a point, but his offense, offensive game has grown. He's played with so many different players this season; it's been crazy. Uh, and they are back in the sort of playoff hunt. I know, I know their record's obviously not great, but their record would be a lot worse without him, uh, especially with how much Jimmy's missed. So yeah, Bam was in my list as well. Who's your your third forward then, is that right? Third forward, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it'd be my third forward. So I've kind of done this in a similar fashion to you. So I've gone down my forwards in kind of the order that they came to my mind in terms of where I'd want them yep. um, on my team. So my, my third forward I went to was the, sort of the second half of that Boston duo with Jason Tatum. Um, he, although he's had some injuries here and there, he's still when he's been on the court, generally has played well. Not, like, incredibly well, but, I mean, his stats sort of speak for himself when, when you get to it. He's still played 24 games, which is a, a lot of games out of the what they've played, what, 30 so far? Um, 26 yeah. points, slightly less than Jalen Brown. Um, 1.3 steals, exactly the same as Brown. Half a block, just under Brown's. Um, 4.8 assists, which is slightly more than Brown. Um and seven rebounds, which is, again, slightly more than Brown. But um, they're both there or thereabouts. And for two players so similar on the same team that are playing well in spits and spurts, um, I think he deserves a mention here for the All-Star game as well. So um, Jason Tatum. And, and what is potentially scary is last time he got added to an All-Star game after he went on that absolute tear last year, didn't he, where he looked yeah, he unstoppable. So. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, another match here. We're doing quite well. I don't think we match this much. Uh, I put him and Bam on the same tier for me, actually. I had them both the same. Both of my second second forward in terms of ranking second and third. So, yeah, everything you said was right. He's doing it efficiently as well. I just thought I'd add, like, in terms of field goal percentage, he's nearly at 39% from three, which is good for a, for a player of his position. Maybe slightly down on last year, but still good. Uh, free throw percentage is, what, nearly 90%, so he's improved on that. He still gets a few assists a game. I think he's averaging just under five, which is good. Um, and his PAR and win share rate is the best on the team. I agree with you that Brown's had a better season, maybe due to his defensive sort of capabilities. And I don't think he's missed a game either. 
Um, but Jason Tatum is dominating them in win share as well. So yeah, he was my my forward as well. Um, just to carry on the way we're doing it, I, I will mention my. We haven't actually mentioned my first forward, even though you might not even have him as a wild card. But I'll just mention it because in terms of ranking, so I had Chris Middleton on here. Uh, he's on for a fourth. He's on for a fifty forty ninety season, which is very very rare. Uh, the team maybe not 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 as high as we'd think, but they're still a lot higher than most records for most teams that yeah. for all these all stars. I think they've got what the fourth highest, fifth, no fifth highest record in the NBA, um, and he's a big part of that in terms of offense. And one of our issues with the Bucks this season is at the end of the games they're trusting Middleton to take a lot of the shots because Giannis does struggle in the fourth quarter of games, uh, and he's helped them win some of those t- games in the fourth quarter, and he's helped them lose some of those games in the fourth quarter. I understand that, but I think for me, the stats are far too good. Uh, the efficiency is immense, and yes, he's a third option on our team, but I think that there's other players that people have put above him in their rankings that I just don't agree have had as good season in, in the way that he's doing it efficiently. And people forget he is a good defender, unlike some of these all-stars. So I had Middleton actually as my first forward on the list. So just wanted to make sure make sure I mention that. Yeah, nice. Now, he didn't quite make my East team, but completely on board with everything you said. And I think that's the thing with picking an all-star team. There are no like fast right and wrongs because... At the end of the day, the, you're picking from the best players in the world. If you make up a roster of 12 people from the best, like 12 of the best players in the world from a whole league, then you're going to be all right, aren't you? And there's going to be some that you could interchange quite easily. And yeah, Middleton is definitely in that sort of camp. Yeah, the my wild cards, I think, is definitely where we are going to veer off because I've got a player that you detest in here. Um, yeah, I know, but you might be surprised, actually. You might be oh, surprised. There's two players I detest in the Eastern Conference. Uh, one plays for the Bulls and one plays for the Hawks. Uh, and I think a lot of people have got both of them in, but we'll see. Who's your first? Um, my first is from neither of those teams you've just mentioned. Oh, nice. Uh, a team climbing up the rankings lately that we love the coach of. And that oh. is big contract Freddie Van Vliet. Oh, no, not having this. 20 points a game, uh, six and a half assists for a small guard, 4.3 rebounds a game, um, and 1.7 steals, and just under a block as well. For me, he is the re- one of the main reasons that Toronto have been getting going again. He is, he's had some huge games this season where he's just pulled them over these this win line. His field goal percentage is... is Point five, like it's bang on, and uh, his three pointers is point three seven, so he's almost up to forty percent from three as well. Um, and he's definitely still not like a, a max max player, but I think he is essentially between him and Pascal the reason that this Toronto Raptors team is getting any wins whatsoever. Um, for me, Pascal Siakam has been massively underperforming this season, which is why I agree. I'd give it to Freddie over him if you're taking anyone from from the Raptors. Um, so yeah, I'm giving a spot to Fred VanVleet. Yeah, not for me. Uh, like I said, my wild card was Randall, who's one we've already agreed on further yeah. in the list. Uh, and for example, Middleton just outperforms Fred VanVleet in every number. So for me. Fred wasn't on my list. Uh, so let's go on to who was your, your, your next person, well, your last wild card, actually, for these. Yeah, last member of my team is Zach Levine. Yeah, same. I've agreed. Wow. 
I, I honestly thought you were just not going to pick him because you hated him. But I genuinely <laughs> thought that's where it was going to go. But you can't really follow what he's doing. 28.5 points, um, five assists, five rebounds um, on almost 60% um, efficiency from the field and 40% from three. He's been playing lights out. Yeah, definitely. He's not missed a game either, I don't think. I think he's played every game. Um, yeah. I agree completely. He's, his efficiency in the fourth quarter is better, which is what almost ruins every season for him, to be honest, in terms of the media. Um, yeah, I just think I, I, wrote, I had like 10 players for those seven spots uh, for the East, and I was kind of choosing between them. Uh, and he was just better than the others for me. Um, better numbers. All their teams were similar records as well. So you can't like use an ex- It's not like we talk about a jazz player where you're like, I'm going to pick the jazz player because they've won nearly every game. Yeah. Uh, all these teams in the East were very bunched up. And I think that Levine was just a little bit better offensively. And I think if he plays in the All Star game, there's a bigger chance we'll see him in the dunk contest. So I couldn't leave that out. So I chose Levine as well, which means our only difference was I had Middleton in my forwards. Uh, you had Randall, but I had him in my wild card. So we matched there. But it's basically Middleton. Versus Middleton Fred VanVleet, so and I think that might be a uh, a talking point between the actual people that pick these teams. So I think that's quite good. We matched on on six of the seven. Um, let's go over to the West then, um, and I'll ask you again. We'll go through yours. Uh, so go guards first, please. And I think I know who your first one will be. So we'll kick off there. Yeah, easy, isn't it? Big game, Dame. Yeah, big well, debate about whether he's uh, a starter or not. Or blah, blah, blah. He's an all star through and through. There's no doubt about it. Definitely. Uh, For everyone as well, there's no one that could not have him on their list, is there? No. No chance whatsoever. He's been playing incredibly well again this season. Um, and without his backcourt sort of running mate, he's still played incredibly well. And like we said in the winners and losers, he's dragging this Portland team to many a win at the moment. So, cannot fault what he is doing. Um, I get people's argument in terms of getting him as a starter. But for me, like if you're being selected as an all-star, then, and he's going to get like a lot of minutes. It's not like he's been completely sort of Snubbed. forgotten about. Like Beal was last season, for example. Yeah, Beal last season was an all-star, but for whatever reason, wasn't voted in. Um, so yeah, Dame is my first card. Yeah, same. Just rattle through that one quite quick. I agree. Uh, team record's amazing. Scoring efficiently. Is an all-star player as well, as weird as that sounds. Like In terms of, he's actually, he is one of the best players in the league that should shine on this stage. Yeah. Uh, and he, and his play deserves it also. So it's almost like a combination. Uh, I will touch on the fact that he isn't, shouldn't be a starter. <laughs> like Luca is better than every single thing apart from three-point shooting than Damon Lillard. So I think the people saying that oh, it's, it's a travesty just because of the record. I think you've got to look at how many games before uh, Nurkic and CJ missed that Luca was just playing with a complete random lineup even before? So I know that Dame has played like seven games now without those two players, but Luca didn't have Porzingis for seven games and didn't have three of the other five starters for ten games. So I think people kind of forget that just because how good CJ's been. But yeah, Lillard was a lock for me, uh, and I think our second guard might be a lock, even though I've seen a lot of people pick a different Utah Jazz guard. Uh, yeah, Donovan <laughs> Mitchell for me. Yeah, same. A lot of people pick Conley over Mitchell. I've seen loads of people in the media. Like, it seems weird because Conley's been injured for like their past five games or as well. 
Um, yeah, he's missed four or five, I think, isn't he, in a row? Yeah, and the game he's come back before they lose. And I'm not saying they lost because Mike Conley has come back. <laughs> Sounds like you are. We're going to have to clip this for the no. sound social. <laughs> um, because Mike Conley is an incredible player as well, and it's, he's him coming back is only going to make this team even better, which is scary. But Donovan Mitchell is their superstar player. Um, him and Gobert are their sort of their big two. And Donovan Mitchell has been we, we always sort of kind of compare him and Jamal Murray to be sort of at similar points in their careers. And I feel like Donovan Mitchell has taken that step in finding that consistency we keep talking about. Whereas Jamal Murray is still up and down every single night. You have no idea what he's gonna do. So um I think Donovan Mitchell is, is becoming an, um, an amazingly rounded player as well. Um, he's so athletic, but his shooting has improved so much. So, uh, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, was those two were so such an easy choice for me. Yeah, same. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through this quite quickly. I, I matched on, on Donovan as well. Um, agree with everything you said. True star player. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with the Conley over him, even though maybe Conley's been a bit more efficient and, and better defensively. I think Mitchell is the... Well, I think Mitchell's the second best player on the team, which might say a lot about my, my next forward pick, but I, I could not leave him out. So, so I had Mitchell as well. Um, let's move on to forwards then. Uh, give us your first forward. First forward I picked, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, which first forward I picked as well on my order. Yeah, we've matched up with. The reason they are so good is they've always been an incredible defensive team, and Rudy Gobert is the reason. We were praising him two weeks ago at how well he has improved with his on-the-ball and off-the-ball defending, his foot movement is so much better. He's not just a big guy that can stand in the paint anymore. He can move with a forward or a, or a guard. Um, and sort of the offense is, is caught up with the defense. And the reason it's had to do that is because of Rudy Gobert. Uh, he's been phenomenal. And um, I, I hope it continues as well. He, he definitely deserves a spot for me. Yeah, I agree. I think he's their key defender. And the way they play offense sometimes is actually the key uh, on offense because of the way he sets screens and the way they kind of use his gravity across the court to, to open shots for other people. So I think he's key on both ends. And he's probably, for me, being their best player. They've got the best record. So he, he couldn't not be in the team. So he was my first choice. Um, cool. Who's your second forward? Um, my second forward was Paul George. Although Another match. Same again. Why is the best player on that team, hands down. I said last week, that I think Paul George has stepped into that vocal leader on the court. Um, played 21 games as well, and he's looking good. 23 points, uh, five and a half assists, six rebounds, um, three throw percentages, 90%, 50% from the field, 40, almost 50% from three, which is pretty mad. Yeah, he's played well. Shooting outside. Yeah. yeah. He's been awesome so far this season, and I hope, again, Hope he keeps it up. Hope it continues to the to the playoffs, and and we see the Clippers kind of kick on from here rather than stalling like they did last season. Yeah, completely agree. Um, Kawhi has been the best player overall, but Paul George has arguably been nearly just as good on the offensive end at times, uh, and been very clutch as well. Like I said, three point shooting, free throw shooting, very good, and it was really hard not to include him in this team. So yeah, he was my second forward as well. Uh, another match. Uh, who was your third forward? This this one, some people might disagree with with what we both have. I think here, this might go against everything that 
you think I might go for here. This could be oh. a curveball. But my third forward is Zion Williamson. That does surprise me quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Anthony Davis for sure. No. So, Zion Williamson, 25 points, um, 6.7 rebounds, 3.1 assists, uh, a steal and almost a block a game. Playing really well. Um, obviously, he could be more efficient, um, although his 2-point percentage is 60%. Um, it, I, Just his free throws, the rest are pretty efficient, to be honest, this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... His team's been struggling this year, but it's not his fault. He's not the leader of the team yet. Um, that's got to be on people like Redick in the locker room and Ingram on the floor. And even saying that, Ingram is so young. Like for for anybody to be leading this team, um, it's really tricky. And they're they're still finding their feet. But he's he's played really really well this season. Although they're not racking up the wins left, right, and centre, they are looking very promising for the future at the moment. And um, Zion has been a big part of that. So, and I think he is the kind of player you want to see in an all-star game. He's so athletic and models like a chicken. And <laughs> that's why I want to see in an all-star game. Players that waddle nice. like chickens. <laughs> I like it. Um, so I didn't have Zion as my third forward, but I have him as my wild card. So this is a similar Randall uh, selection here. So I'll just yep. talk about Zion quickly. Uh, yeah, numbers are really good. Offensively, incredible. Um, ben has tried to say Jar Morant is Ben Zion for about a season now, so it's nice to finally admit who's playing better. Uh, and he's doing it a lot more efficiently than he did last year as well. Obviously, free throws he needs to get up, but that's never been a strength of his name at his game. But also, by the way, on basketball reference, his nickname is Zanos, <laughs> almost like Thanos, but Zion. And I just <laughs> find that incredible. Comes like he is inevitably going to dunk on you. So I, I, I quite like that. So I, I've gone with. With Zion as well, with my wild card, which means I'll just mention my forward like we did last time. Um, yeah. I put Anthony Davis because they don't take injuries into account in terms of if they're going to be injured for the game, which I think Davis will be. Uh, they'll still look at his body of work and pick him if they want to pick him, and then they'll take him out based on injury. So I kind of included him in there. Uh, his numbers are slightly worse than Zion uh, in most cases. Um, but he's a better free throw sh- shooter. Uh, and, but all the problem was for me, defence. So the Lakers are known for, for, for their defensive play. Uh, their defensive numbers are the best in the league, even better than Utah before last night. Um, and I think he's the main reason why LeBron not been quite as locked in on that end, uh, as you wouldn't expect just with his age and, and kind of how much he's doing on the offensive end when Davis has not been as, as attacking on that sense. But defending-wise, Davis has been really good. He's up there for defensive player of the year. So even though I don't think he'll play, and maybe we'll talk about who we might pick over him in a minute, with the injury stuff, I put Davis as my third forward just about. And I left Zion as my wild card, because I do think coaches do look at name recognition a little bit. Uh, And if they can get Zion in as a wild card and still play him, and Davis can just be a forward, I think, even if he's injured, I think they'll do that. So I've gone with Anthony Davis just about. So Anthony Davis was my final wild card spot. So we we have matched up, just swapped over. Um, yeah, he's almost at two blocks and 1.3 steals a game, which even for somebody having a quiet season, he's still 22.5 points and eight rebounds. And the Lakers are second in the West and not that far behind first. So second in the NBA as well. Total. Yeah. Look at both. He's obviously contributing a massive amount, even though like maybe it's not jumping out as, as much this season because we expected more from him. Um, 
He's uh, definitely underperforming on the offensive end for him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For, for him. Not for the average NBA player, of course, but, but for him. Uh, yeah, definitely. The reason, the reason why I think he'll be up there is he was actually second, I think, in the... Uh, no, he was in the top five in the media rank uh, and in the player rank. So I think that the coaches will still put him in, like, like we both said anyway, even though he's been slightly underperforming offensively. Yeah. And, and maybe it's because he's been more efficient with what he is doing behind the scenes um, after spending a, a sort of a season with LeBron. And maybe he is kind of coasting a bit to the playoffs where he's going to go up a gear. I don't know, but he is still an all-star player even yeah. if he's not doing as well as we thought he might be. Yeah, I agree. Uh, once we've done all the reserve, maybe we'll just have a, a quick discussion on who might replace him in the game if he is injured. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's go with your last wild card then, or your first wild card in your ranking list. Let's see if we actually match seven for seven. And a bit, By the way, people listening, we didn't even talk about any of this beforehand, uh, apart from the fact we both knew Damien Lillard would be on the list because we spoke about him yesterday uh, against versus Luca. But we didn't talk about any of these players and we've matched nearly the whole thing, which is good for us, but maybe bad for listeners. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to have a lot. <laughs> Especially in the wild cards, I thought we were going to differ a lot more. Um, so my first wild card for this, or my last player, is Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns. We have not matched. Let's talk, let's talk about Devin first. What, why have you picked him? 24 points a game, um, four assists, Three almost well, three point seven rebounds. Um, he's not having to score as much as he has done previous seasons, um, and I think that means he's making less headlines. But as a team, Phoenix are doing better, and I think that shows sort of a level of maturity in Devin Booker that he knows now that he can rely on other people on his team, and he doesn't have to sort of do everything. And I think. Them getting more wins, him growing as a player and still scoring in bunches, uh, I think needs to be rewarded. And mm -hmm. I think he has done enough to, to earn a spot in this Western Conference All-Star team, definitely. Nice. Well, I had similar thinking in terms of uh, rewarding the Suns, but I've gone with a different Sun. I've gone with Chris Paul. Um I did have Devin Booker, and like I said, I did try and do a top 10 and whittle it down. I did have Devin Booker in that top 10 list um, alongside Chris Paul, and then I was just trying to almost choose between them, I guess. Uh, yeah, obviously, Devin scores more points, but Chris Paul's assist, he's nearly on nine assists a game, which is really, really good. His defending this year, again, has been on point. Uh, the fourth quarter numbers have been really good. It's increased crazily, which is exactly what happened to the OKC Thunder with Chris Paul, so I had to kind of include that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of efficiency, so Chris Paul's 38% from three, 98%, uh, sorry, 97% from the free throw line, which is yeah. crazy, uh, which is better than Booker. Uh, Two-point percentages are basically the same. Um, Chris Paul takes more twos. Uh, and I just kind of chose between the two and thought one's a bit better on defense, one's younger and going to get more chances, and one's Chris Paul, who is probably the best point guard of, of all time, if not our generation. Uh, yes. And I don't think the coaches will not choose someone who has that close kind of link to all the players, head of the sort of players' union, um, great talker, great character, friend of LeBron. Uh, so I've gone with Chris Paul over Booker, and it'll probably be Chris Paul's last All-Star, I imagine. Uh, and then Devin Booker is, is probably going to be one for the future. So I've gone with Chris Paul uh, over over Devin Booker. Nice. Um, it's a great that, 
does that mean you think if Davis is injured, obviously they can they can depends how they call it because if they call Davis a forward, they have to replace him with a forward. I think I'm not quite sure how that works, but we haven't checked that. So let's just say if Davis isn't playing, are you happy for Chris Paul to be in the All Star team because you didn't yeah. have him, or is there someone else you think? Because I probably would say let Devin Booker be the the last wild card alongside Chris Paul if Davis. Davis wasn't playing. Do you feel the same, or is there someone we're missing, like a Brandon Ingram, maybe? Ingram uh, was the name I had down on my list, yeah. Especially if you're doing forward for forward, I think you slide yeah. Ingram in. If you've got Davis as a wild card, like I do, you could easily be talked into a Chris Paul or a Devin Booker, or whichever one of those two's not on your list, or an Ingram. And I think um, you could maybe throw Jamal Murray into the conversation, but... I'd rather, Con- I'd rather Conley over Murray, if i Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather any of those over Murray. It would, yeah. Hence why he's not on my list. I, I don't think he's good enough to make this team. Um, yeah. So. Depending how they depending on how they do it, if they if even if they have Davis as a forward, if they slip Zion up to a forward for me, then I'd be happy with the two Phoenix guys as the both wild cards. Uh, or I'm probably on your case. If they do say Davis is a forward, and then a week before the game he pulls out, the league pick who plays, and I think the league might pick Brandon Ingram at that point as the other forward just because of his age. Um, and how good he's played this season. Because I believe it's actually the league, isn't it, that picked the uh, that picked the injury reserves. It's not the coaches. So yeah, I think I think that Ingram's got a chance. And Chris Paul, if he's not on the list, he definitely will get picked as the, as an injury reserve. I think just because the league love him. <laughs> yeah, and I guess if you're going on win shares as well, Phoenix are fifth at the moment, eighteen and ten, whereas yeah. Orleans are twelfth with twelve and seventeen, and that will pay, play a part in people's decision on who makes the game or not. And, and that might give the nod to sort of those Phoenix players over, um, yeah, over an Ingram, for example. Mm-hmm. And even oh. even though I mentioned him, even like a Murray, because I know a lot of people around the league um, do love Murray and think he is a really, really good player. Like, he is a good player, but he's just not consistent enough or good enough in my eyes to, to be on this All-Star team. But um, with the Suns ahead of them as well, there's more chance, I think, that, Devin Booker and Chris Paul get a shot at being in the All-Star game. I will start my campaign now for uh, Carmelo Anthony to be a reserve forward. You know, one last year. I think he's a leader, <laughs> isn't he? Apart from uh, Kobe and LeBron now for, for total All-Star appearances. So, come on, Chris Paul and LeBron, let's get the, the Banana Boat crew back together. Let's, yeah. let's get it going. <laughs> Maybe they'll do like one of those wild card things that they did with Dwayne Wade's last season and... Yeah, they've stopped that now, which is a shame because I think Melo probably w- would be picked just because of his age and, and standing with LeBron. Yeah, uh, Melo and Paul in that. That'd be really good to see, actually. Cool. All right, then. Uh, there's our all-star teams. We'll see how close we get when they do the reserves and then we'll, we'll do a little draft when, when the time comes. Um, but let's end the podcast then picking our best upcoming games this week. We're going to do, do two games each and then we're going to do... a. a, a a fifth game, which is a wild card, bit of a random selection that, 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 I'll, that I'll do through scrolling up and down on a screen and see which one we land on. Um, but just as a recap, I won last week. Um, you won the first game of the week when the Wizards beat the Rockets, but then the Jazz did win against the Clippers on Wednesday and the Nets did beat the Lakers. Uh, so I am now 5-3 up overall, so you're two weeks back. So you, you need a big week this week, Ben. Man. <laughs> big week needed. Uh, I'll kick us off then because I've done you. I've heard that you've done two random games for, that I wouldn't be able to guess. So I've done two easily guessable games. <laughs> I've done the Nets versus Clippers, which is one a.m. Sunday night. Um, I'll just stick with my theme here that I'm going to pick the Nets to win because I really like them. 
I didn't mention this on my my earlier thing, but I just firmly believe they're going to win the NBA title. So I'll go with the Nets to beat the Clippers on Sunday night. Um, do we think Durant will be back? Uh, no, I don't think so. Mm. Don't think so. I, I I haven't confirmed that, but that's not that's not the impression I was getting. Listening to the broadcast, he'll be back. Yeah, maybe the end of next week. I think. I think he'd be the game changer for me. Um, I'm going to give it to the Clippers. Nice, like that. Uh, who's your first uh, your first game in the week then? Uh, Wednesday is a team we haven't picked much. The San Antonio Spurs. Oh, love it! Play the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, big game. <laughs> big game in the standings. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge game. We all want to see. Now, the reason I'm picking these these games, these more sort of outside games, is although it won't matter in the grand scheme of things, like these aren't teams that are sort of going for. Well, Spurs are certainly going for playoffs, so, yeah, but they're massively underperforming this season. It's kind of teams that we haven't talked about that I think are quite hard to predict which way it might go. I have ended up on the side of the Spurs, although OKC are playing quite well. Shea, Jay Gildress and now Horford have both been contributing quite well. Big Lou Dort. But I think the Spurs will have a little bit too much to get over the top and get over the top of the, the thunder here. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to copy it. I'm going to go going to go with the Spurs as well. The playoff Spurs. Pop going to get in the playoffs again. Absolutely love it. The man just loves the playoffs. So yeah, I'm going to go uh, going to go with uh, the Spurs for that one. Um, cool. My next game then. Another huge game for the week. I've gone with the Lakers versus the Jazz, which is 3 a.m. Wednesday night. Um, Davis obviously still being injured. I'm going to just ride the Jazz. I think I'm just going to ride the Jazz. So I'm going to go Jazz to beat the Lakers on Wednesday night. Ride the Jazz. Um, I know a friend that does that. Um, (laughs) You're going to ride... That's a very bad in-joke that no one else will know. I know. Uh, Uh, I'm also going to pick the Lakers. No, I'm going to go with the Jazz. Oh, wow. LeBron, um, you hate I think now. with Davis out, um, I think he, like we've been saying, behind the scenes, he contributes so much more to that Lakers team than we kind of realise. Um, and Gasol's really sort of been underwhelming me so far in that centre spot this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to sort of step up now and put a marker down, especially against someone like Gobert. But I think the Jazz have on too much of a roll and have too much firepower for the Lakers at this point in time. So, yeah, I think the Jazz. Cool. Um, we're matching up a lot on this episode. Uh, cool. What's your your next game then that, that I would not be able to get? <laughs> um, two struggling teams. Again, gone sort of left field to kind of who you think is going to call this. Um, the Sacramento Kings and the Detroit Pistons. Wow, big game. Big game again, I know. Um, I think we're going to match on this one. <laughs> I think the Kings are taking this. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, same. I think the Pistons are terrible. Uh, even though the Kings aren't exactly great, but I think Fox has had a good season, hasn't he? And we both like Caliburton, so I think I'll go with the Kings, um, especially without Mr. Griffin playing for the, uh, the Pistons. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that's our four normal games. I'm going to use the very clever random generator I've developed, which is a mouse, and a list of every NBA game for the next seven days. He's literally got game. a mouse. He's just going to let it run up and down his keyboard till it clicks on a game. Yep. Here we go. Oh, we have a game. 
Oh, we have a game then. The Kings, again. Ooh, at, double at, header. At the Knicks on, wow. fri- on Friday night. What, we, what are you going a, with? What's your thoughts? That's a great pick. Um, we've been bigging up Julius Randle. We have. Um, can he carry the Knicks to another win? See, this up. is the kind of wins he needs to get to solidify himself as an all-star. And score a lot of points in one of the, in these sort of games just before they pick the reserves. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to go double on the Kings. Double down on Kings. Nice. I'm going to go against that. I'm going to go with the MSG boys. The big Knickerbockers. Julius Randle, Franklin Lakina dominating. I'm going to go with the Knicks to win. Uh, Julius Randle to, to get that all-star berth locked up. So, yeah. That means this week... Uh, we have a couple of a uh, couple of sames, but we have Kings v Knicks. I've gone with the Knicks. You've gone with the Kings, uh, and I've gone with the Nets to beat the Clippers, and you've gone with the Clippers. The rest are the same. So only two differences, which means we could probably tie. Or no, my luck. I'll just get get the dubs. You know, I'll just get the dubs. Yeah, it seems to go that way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, long may it continue. Um, but cool. Why, why don't we wrap it there? Then a lot of good All Star chat. Um, future episodes, like I said, we're gonna. We're going to redraft the, the, the All-Star teams after KD and LeBron have done it, I think, or maybe before they do it, just to see where, where we lie. Uh, and then I think we'll also try and look at predicting who will win each event once they announce who's going to be in the, the All-Star uh, dunk, three-point and, and skills competition, see how many we can get right, Ben. I think that'll be a good episode. Yeah, I like that. We'll, we'll make some, we love making a prediction, so that'll we'll be do. fun. I love beating Ben in a prediction. Um, <laughs> but yeah, make sure you enjoy the basketball, everyone. Uh, hopefully we get less cancellations this week due to the weather over in the States. Hopefully we see that improve. Uh, and have a good week and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Ben. Yes, stay safe out there in America, everyone. And uh, let's see Zanos snap his way into the All-Star game. Oh yeah, big penguin out. 